The night may be long and the dark may be deep, but the answers are there to be found. Whether it's the normal, the abnormal, or the paranormal, you're in the right place. Let's go beyond reality. Good to see everybody here as people file into the chat rooms and say hello. I've been trying to keep up and say hello to everyone as well. Anxious to get uh, tonight started. It's been a, a little while since we've been able to do a live program, so I appreciate everyone's patience. But you know the schedule. You know what's been going on. And uh, I apologize for being unavailable a little bit. But, hey, we're back, and we're going to have a great show tonight. I'm really looking forward to this. We're going to be talking about a book tonight. Uh, The title of the book is How to Become a Mermaid, Embodying the Elemental Energy of Water. The author is Elyria Swan. We're going to talk to her tonight about this book and her work and her life. Hey, it's JV here. You know I've asked for your support in the past, and I'm going to do it again because it's really, really important. And there are a couple of ways you can support the show, and it's so inexpensive. Now, you can go to Patreon, and you can become a Patreon supporter, and we really, really encourage that. But there's also another way. If you look at the description of the podcast, if you're a podcast listener, and you scroll down to the bottom, there's a way to support the show directly through the podcast app. And it's only 99 cents a month. It's less than a buck. You probably have that change in your couch right now. That dollar a month, less than a dollar goes a long way in helping us produce this program provide great interviews for you during the course of the week i thank you in advance because the support is so important to the program your brain needs support and new ollie brainy chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health made with scientifically backed ingredients like thai ginger l-theanine and caffeine brainy chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus stay chill or get energized be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Uh, L, welcome to the program. It's a real honor to have you here. Thanks for joining us. Thank you so much for the welcome. I'm so honored to be here. So this book, How to Become a Mermaid, your first book? Is this the first one you've written? Yes, it is. It's not actually the only book I've written, but this is the one that was published first. I do hope to get the others done soon. So this one is obviously very, uh, I would call it a niche publication. It's obviously targets a very specific audience. Is your other work Mm -hmm. similar to that or do you write fiction or what's the other stuff? I would love to write fiction one day. I'd love to write a sci-fi or fantasy, but my other book is a poetry book and the other one is a bit more human. It would be more about um, my coming out of purity culture and, uh, you know, conservative Christianity into spirituality. So it's it's not as mermaidy, but it's it's still pretty specific, you know. So when we talk about mermaids, and we're going to spend a lot of talk time talking about mermaids, mermen, merpeople uh, tonight, we need to have a, an understanding here because I think, like many people, my impression of what a mermaid is might be from a Disney cartoon. I mean, that's kind of you know, my only experience, uh, and Disney shapes that for a lot of people in a lot of things. My idea of an evil witch is from Disney. My idea of a, you know, of a haunted <laughs> castle is from Disney. Uh, so Disney kind of shaped a lot of uh, young Americans' minds. What are we talking about here tonight when we talk about mermaids, mermen, people? 
Yes, wonderful. So it could mean a couple of different things. So I talk both about incarnated mermaids, so mermaids like me who come into human bodies and, you know, live on planet Earth. We'll we can also talk about astral mermaids, which are mermaids that exist on the astral plane, like the connection point between our souls and our physical bodies. So they're the two different kinds. They're both equal, but they do express differently because, of course, when you're in a human body, you have unique challenges on planet Earth. You have to navigate the field in a completely different way. But that's generally what we mean. And the thing that really distinguishes what an elemental is, not just mermaids, is their aura. So a mermaid will have an aura made of water. A salamander, which is a fire spirit, will have an aura with fire or lightning or something in it. And that's how we kind of determine who is who. I had a bunch of people read my aura when I was asking questions, you know, years ago. Uh, this was about 10 years ago when I really started realizing, you know what, there's actually people in human bodies like me who have been on the mermaid realm. So it's 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 really a lot to get into, but um, auras can be pretty complex, but it's really simple to read a mermaid. If you see water there, the mermaid think of you as one of their own. So when we talk about this idea of an astral mermaid and a uh, uh, you're you're giving me the impression here that there is a more spiritual component to this than maybe I would have thought originally. Again, Disney kind of shaped my image of what I think a mermaid is, but also, you know, folklore has too, in a way. And we talk about these very alluring creatures that uh, lure sailors to their to shipwrecks or whatever whatever the stories are. I'm not even entirely sure what they are, but they're flesh and blood in those cases, I believe. But you're talking about something more spiritual, I think. For sure. Absolutely. And these beings are so high vibrational, or at least that's how I experience them. But you're not completely wrong in that mermaids can sometimes be scary, not because when they show up, they're scary. They don't they don't come across that way. If they show up, it's probably the best day of your life. But there are warnings throughout magical systems that contact mermaids because people can fall in love with them really easily or they can be so attracted to their magic and their energy that they do neglect their physical forms and it can ultimately get to them. Some people I know have gone into the astral say in a meditation and astral realm for mermaids is very cold. So it can actually present a physical shock to the system. And we can talk a little bit about this if you want, but I often use a magical system that was brought to the forefront by the Czech magician, Franz Bardone, and he gives a series of exercises to prep you physically, mentally, astrally for interacting with elemental beings of all sorts. Please feel free to correct me if I if I misquote you or misstate anything as we talk here tonight, because uh, you're, you're throwing mm -hmm. a lot of information at us, which is good, but yes. it can be a little <laughs> overwhelming at the same time. You said that you're a mermaid sure. right now. You're a mermaid in a human's bo human body. Are you an astral mermaid in a human's body? Is that what you mean? I distinguish the two completely differently. So right now, I am not on the astral realm. I'm here in physical form. And many spiritualists think that you know some part of you is always spirit. So mm -hmm. you're always you know you're always on a higher level. But I am separating the two out. So since I'm incarnated right now, I just refer to myself as an incarnated mermaid. It just means I have, you know, an aura made of water, but I don't refer to myself as astral. So I would refer to an astral mermaid as someone who is either no longer incarnated in a human body or who never was. Most mermaids never incarnate into a human body. Okay, so uh, at what point in your life, and when I was reading the book and, and reading about you, uh, you started to become aware of all this very young, at a very young age, 
tell us how that happened for you. So when I was about four years old, I was contacted by mermaids in the bathtub, no less. Um, I did grow up three miles from the oceanfront, but we didn't go to it very often. My mother wasn't wild about the sand. Um, my parents were very conservative. So, you know, being at the beach, there's certain modesty issues with dress and things like that. So visits to the beach were pretty rare, but the mermaids found their way to me. And I didn't fully understand entirely. You know, I was only four. I didn't know exactly what was happening. I didn't know what the astrorom was. I didn't know what their names were but I knew that other beings were contacting from a different space. So mermaids would show up in the bathtub, you know, just, I, I could actually see them. I'm clairvoyant and clairaudient. I could hear them too. And they would call me just, they would call me sister and they would say, Hey, we're going to support you here in your mission. And we're going to be here every step of the way as you develop these magical and mental faculties. And of course, they put it a lot more simply than that, but that was the gist of the message. So I kind of got the idea very early on that the limited conservative system that my parents presented as highest truth wasn't the whole answer, even if, you know, pieces of it kind of clicked. You know, there's a little truth in everything. So that's how it came to be. It was a little awkward at first. I kind of crashed my way through it, but that's how it started. It started at the age of four in the bathtub. So is there a unique quality to you that, I'm going to make sure I ask this the right way. Is it, are Have you always in your spiritual uh, existence and, and subsequently in your human existence now, been a mermaid is that why these mermaids appear to you or do mermaids appear to someone who hasn't been a an astral mermaid and bring them along with them to become one how, how does that work that actually has happened it's really perceptive that you said that so they can go to people who have maybe a proclivity or um a certain magnetism about them like the water element i do think that they came to me because i just naturally had water in my aura and just to be clear when i say that certain people have water in their auras or fire or something else it doesn't make them more special or more valued than anyone else everyone is unique humans are so brave for incarnating on this sometimes challenging planet and all of us have have unique auras you know they're they're like blueprints they're um or fingerprints they're very unique and they can't be replicated by anyone else we all have our signature vibration and energetic field so but i do think that the mermaids did come to me because it was just part of my mission we all have different missions in life and i think that one of my big ones was to bring the water element to the forefront of human consciousness and kind of talk about how we can start connecting with elementals and sometimes I do also go in the extraterrestrial direction as well. Oh, interesting. Uh, by the way, our chat room is really, yeah. really enamored by your headphones, too. So just so you know, they're, oh, they're a big you. hit. <laughs> um, These are my gaming headphones. <laughs> they're working great, though. Uh, so th you were introduced to this. They came to you when you were four years old. Um, obviously, um, you're older now, but not that much older. But have they been with you the whole time? Do they continue to visit with you and guide you and work with you? They did. There were gaps where I wasn't connecting with them as much, where I had to ground in my human life. So um, it, it's also actually happened with UFO experiences when I'm really focused on something like if I was going through a health challenge or if I was um, finishing a 
college course or something like that and they didn't want to distract me they would kind of pull back a little bit but we were always connected so i would still dream with them and connect with them and they would come through in you know more subtle ways but they don't want to ever get in the way of someone's human experience they don't want to trip you up but as i got older went into college just for reference i am 29 now but when i went into college it got really really potent that that's when the big awakening came we'll get there in a minute um I want to ask about uh, how, when they introduced themselves to you, could you tell physically, I mean, I know they weren't in physical form, but could you tell physically they were mermaids or did they tell you they were mermaids and they were more nebulous in form? Um, when they first appeared to me, they looked the way that a child would think of a mermaid. Okay. They had the tail and everything. And the example I use for that, I don't know if you've ever seen the movie called Contact with Jodie Foster. I have It's actually ago. an E.T. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, it's it's actually an ET movie, but you know, sorry, spoil alert, plug your ears if you don't want to hear this. <laughs> but at the at the end, um, her she is is contacted by extraterrestrials, but they come in the form of her father, so she isn't scared of them. And that's actually a tactic that many astral beings will employ if they need to contact you at an earlier age. They don't want to scare you or freak you out, and they want you to know what they are, so they'll appear in a form that makes sense to you. But now they just appear. Yeah, more nebulous sometimes, um, but they can often just appear kind of like human women with legs and, you know, anatomy that we would recognize. Yeah, and, you know, that's not not an uncommon phenomenon when you talk about these more spiritual or mystical topics. Even in the ghost realm, when we have ghost conversations, often a uh, a spirit of a loved one or maybe even a stranger will come to you in a form that you recognize so that you're not frightened and so that you will be accepting mm-hmm. of the communication and the, and maybe, you know, the subsequent discussion. So that's not uncommon. So it's interesting. So do you see a connection between, I know you said there's an ET connection here, but maybe even, you know, paranormal activity, like ghostly type activity and these beings? Yeah, absolutely. They can all interact that way. Um, they can actually be confused sometimes for ghosts. I mean, you're not going to really find them in an abandoned building or something, but they can kind of look, I don't know, ghosts have presented to me in different ways, but sometimes they just look really hazy. And at first I have mistaken them for something else. So I kind of have to tune into my other senses. Like, Hey, can you say something? (laughs) You know, why are you here? Why are we interacting? And then we can kind of clear it up. But yeah, they're pretty similar. I do. I do have to. I try. I try to keep an eye on the chat room because there's always great questions in there. So if I kind of go off topic because a question was asked in the chat room, forgive me, we'll get back on topic. But somebody did ask, you know, I had mentioned early on about folklore when it comes to mermaids and the fact that often they're seen as a bit mischievous and, uh, you know, and luring sailors to rocks that'll shipwreck them or whatever it happens to be is that all just folklore is there any truth to that based on your understanding of mermaids most of it is folklore but like i said i put i'll put it this way so to someone who's in a weakened state um mentally emotionally you know how you could maybe be attracted to something in an unhealthy way or you could have an addiction to something sure that's kind of how i think it if someone is um i'm not making fun of them you know we all experience imbalance sometimes but if someone's in a perpetual state of imbalance and they just they crave something they're kind of in an empty place i could definitely see how they could become obsessive with magical systems of any sort but also kind of get blindsided by you know the mermaid 
dazzle and pizzazz because they are really beautiful beings, all of them. They're incredible and they're just so attractive in a magnetic way. Even if you don't experience, you know, any other kind of attraction, it's like you feel this pull to them. So I could understand how someone would neglect their physical body or they could just neglect responsibilities and just pursue this one thing. I've never heard of an astral mermaid actually luring a ship off course or anything like that because, I mean, there's no point to it. And if, <laughs> if they did, it would be a complete and total accident. They don't want to hurt anyone. That's the opposite of what they are. They are the vibration of love. But as long as you come with a sense of balancing yourself and you're centered and you have your priorities right, there shouldn't be any problems. I would just say introduce yourself slowly to their vibration. It can be really cold at first physically. You know, it can be take some getting used to, but generally to a healthy person it's not dangerous yeah do they generally only appear to or come to folks who have a water aura as you explain that you do or can they appear to anybody they can appear to anybody for sure um i do think that they appear to people with water auras more often just because they know that we can sense them more easily so for example a gnome king like an earth elemental he wouldn't come to me because I'm not going to really be able to work with him. The uh, density of a gnome actually makes me really nauseated. I found that out the hard way. Oh, wow. So I, there's even certain beings that are like, ah, she's not quite the person that I want to connect with. I'm going to connect with someone else. But um, yeah, they can definitely contact anyone. And the whole purpose of me writing this book was, first off, just to create the book that I always wanted to read growing up. But secondly, to say that anyone can become what a mermaid is. And when you do that, they recognize you as one of their own. And once you have developed water in your aura, which everyone can do, absolutely, they'll show up. They're just like, hey, you're one of us now. Let's talk. You know, what What can we do together? What can we co-create? This is beautiful. I want to be here in your energy. This is this is no different from the mermaid realm. You know, as we talk, you you introduce these ideas. I think, did you say gnome king? Yes, is that, what you said? that would be like an earth elemental. Okay, yes. so so this this you know these concepts, these ideas we're talking about here, this this world that m many of us may not realize exists is far bigger than just mermaids, is what we're saying. Oh yes, absolutely, it's huge. If you go into um, I'm I'm lightly touching on this again, but if you go into the Franz Bardone magical system, there are spirits listed for every planet, every sphere. I don't even know half of them. And those are just the ones that he talked about. There are thousands, and that's just for elementals. You know, there's so many other beings out there. So I mean, research can always be deepened. Um, you can always contact someone that I have never spoken to that I don't even know exists. The possibilities are endless and everyone is just as capable as I am. I'm not special in any way. I just, I happen to be born with a mermaid aura in this life. So when you want to communicate, make contact with whether it's other mer folk or maybe some, some one of these other uh, beings that we've talked about, what do you do? How do you do that? Can you do it at There's will? There's a lot of. Can you do it at will? I, I can. Yes, at this point, and many people can. Once you spend some time meditating and getting used to their realm, it's it gets faster every time. Like it's like um. Like the first time you dial a phone number, it's like you're kind of like, you know, looking at the page like, OK, which number do I put? You know, what's next? Oh, wait, dialed it wrong. Oops. You know, and then you start over. But pretty soon you're just punching in like, oh, you're my best friend. Here's their calling card. This is what their vibration is. You can shift into it really quickly and be right there with them. And when you first of all, what would be your uh, motivation to do that? Like 
to to make contact? Is there a specific thing that's either happening in your life or in your day that makes you want to make that contact for whatever, for help, for guidance, whatever it happens to be? Uh, what would make you want to do it? And how do you start that process for yourself? Absolutely. So for me personally, my entire mission is to protect water systems here, to clean them up. Um, I just, I'm passionate about mermaids. I really like to reveal who these elemental beings are. So that's my purpose in contacting them. That's a very simplified explanation. Um, there's a lot of, you know, subsets within that many, many more tiny reasons. But for me, how I do it, I pretty much just think um, who I want to talk to. So for example, I talk to the mermaid queen Isafel a lot. She is a, um, she's kind of a moon spirit, but she stays close to the surface of the earth. She has very peaceful energy. Um, it's very silvery white. It's beautiful. So I'll just think Isafel. And then she kind she just appears. But I've worked with her for so long. She was actually the first mermaid that contacted me. So of course she shows up quickly. Um, if I want to contact a different one, like um, there's one called Amwe. Some people pronounce her name Amu, but I call her Amwe. She is like the queen of coral reefs and she's a healer. She she loves to specialize in healing. Um, with her, I don't just think her name. I will meditate, kind of bring myself down into, you know, not far down, but just like kind of on the shelf, sitting on a shelf in a coral reef. I'll meditate for a minute. I'll also focus on her color, which is silvery white. There's magical tones associated with all the mermaids. You can do that too. And it takes about maybe three or four minutes to connect with her. But if it were a different being that I'm not used to, like a fire spirit, it would take a whole lot longer because that's not a vibration I'm as used to. In this world of sp of spirits and entities that we're talking mm -hmm. about here, are there evil or malevolent beings within this group or are they all all uh i guess altruistic um there aren't evil beings in the mermaid realm or i've never encountered any and i've spent is that the a great same realm that we're talking is that the same if we're, just to make sure our terms are right here there is would that be the same realm that we were talking about we we're talking about gnome kings and these other uh other beings or um, the mermaids do have a separate realm, so they are separate from the gnomes, the salamanders. They all exist like on the astral plane. Think of that as like the plane we go to when we lucid dream. You know, there's different levels to it. It's it's a complex thing to study. It's really cool. But just in general, they they're all on the astral plane, but in their separate spaces. They don't all just coexist together. Um, but there aren't evil beings in the mermaid realm that I found. I think any stories about them being evil, like I said, are just certain people out of balance, maybe contacting yeah. too quickly or just not being as used to them. Or, you know, the person honestly may not even be out of balance. It could just be that their physical constitution doesn't handle the water element as well. Like I don't handle the earth element, you know, at least the dense inner core of the earth element super well. So that's a possibility. There are malevolent spirits in the universe, unfortunately, that, you know, don't have our highest interest at heart, but I don't encounter them very often personally. I don't, I don't go where they reside. You've mentioned dreaming a few times. How important is dreaming mm -hmm. in you being able to uh, commune with um, other mermaids or uh, communicate with them? Uh, how important is that is the dreaming process? 
I absolutely love this question because it's one of my favorite topics. I love lucid dreaming. Um, it's not a necessity, but I personally think it's one of the best ways to interact with the mermaid realm, especially at first. I would put it right after a gentle meditation. And there's so many ways to cultivate lucid dreaming and get yourself into it. But I think it's just incredible because you can literally go to their realm the entire time that you're sleeping and be fully immersed. It's the ultimate virtual reality experience except it's real on some level. So I would definitely advise that anyone who wants to spend a great deal of time getting to know these beings or any other beings, this includes ETs, this includes other you know, elementals that I mentioned, definitely look into lucid dreaming because even if you don't land exactly on the mermaid realm the first time, it's so much fun and you're going to be honing your faculties and um, expanding yourself to be receptive to so many more experiences. We're talking tonight with Illyria Swan, author of the new book, How to Become a Mermaid, Embodying the Elemental Energy of Water. Um, Elle, you said that this was introduced to you at a very young age, four years old. It's been with you on and off throughout your entire life. Obviously, it's something that's very important to you. How would you say it's changed your life? It's made me really weird. <laughs> <laughs> That's the funny answer. I'll put it that way. It makes it makes me really eccentric. Um, but at the same time, I think that it's done so much good for me. I think it has made me eco-conscious. Not that you have to connect with mermaids to be conscious of those things, but it's really taken me down to the fine grains of sand, you know, just how everything is so interconnected. But it's also helped me hone my empathy skills. It's helped me um explore other emotions. It's helped me explore even different realms of like the moon sphere, which is kind of eccentric, but it's a pretty unique thing to get into. It's really just taken me to unique places that I never would have imagined that I could travel to. And it's connected me with a beautiful community of people. It's It's been very expansive and it's kind of taken over my life when you say <laughs> in a good way. When you say a community of people, do you mean physical people or are you talking about you know, other, yes, okay, yes. other I, humans? Both of them, really, both astral mermaids, but I was specifically referring to physical humans. There are a lot of people, even if they aren't incarnated mermaids or they don't even want to develop a water aura, which is fine. There are so many people who love mermaids, who love fish, who love the waterways of planet Earth. And it's just it's so great to connect with everyone, no matter where they're at. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We need to talk a little bit about one of the chapters uh, in the book. And I'm probably going to, I'm just going to paraphrase it. It's, uh, it's how to be, become, uh, become friends with ordinary fish. Is that what it was? Something like that. Talk a little bit about fish because, you know, again, my perception of fish is probably a lot different than what you're going to tell me right now. For sure. So um, I talked a little bit about how to make friends with ordinary fish. That means fish who are in no way connected to the astral realm. Um, I just I love to connect with really any aquatic creatures. So I would connect with them. Um, me and a lot of mermaids will take like a ukulele or a mandolin and we'll actually stand over our fish tanks. We have a lot of fish tanks, most of us mermaids, <laughs> and we'll pluck songs. <laughs> I'm sure you can imagine that. But we'll pluck songs out over their tanks and just watch them respond to different tones and really um, 
we create bonds with them. I mean, it's funny to say that because in mermaid research, we find that mermaids don't bond. They just feel at one with whoever they're talking with or connecting with at the time. But with fish, there is a bit more of that kind of interaction because, you know, they are animals and they need physical care and they need to feel a connection with you, of course. And you want to take care of the animal no matter what. You know, it's a pet dependent on you for care. But I also distinguish that from having friendships, not just with ordinary fish, but with um, astral mermaids and mermen or just merfolk in general who can connect to a fish's body almost as a conduit. It doesn't hurt the fish. It actually enriches their life. It makes them just seem more alive and connected. And they can actually connect to you in that way in a physical sense, which is really cool and interesting. And what's even more surprising is that other people have experienced the exact same thing as me. And we all kind of came together and we're just like, whoa, we're all we're all actually doing this. I thought I was the only one. So that's what I mean when I say ordinary fish versus magical fish, but they're all great. Yeah, well, you tell us you tell a, a story or give an anecdote in the chapter about uh, uh, be, uh, befriending an ordinary fish. And you talk about, I, th- I think you said playing ukulele and you named one of your fish mm-hmm. after one of the songs, right? That the fish likes, yeah. right? Yep. Yep, that song was actually Calypso by John Denver. I love that song so much. Um, in, in the song, he says, to live on the land, we must learn from the sea. That always gives me chills. <laughs> I just, I love the way that he spoke. He, he used such beautiful language. He, he was so connected to nature. And that's just incredible to me. He, he, he was more earth elements, but I did feel some water in his aura when I studied it once. It was pretty interesting. He had some water in his outer aura, at least. So he was really good at channeling that. But I would pluck the song out over her tank and she would just go wild. She would breach like a whale and swim around and get all crazy. And music is the universal language. So animals love it. But there was just something about that song that just really got to her. And I felt so connected to just everything. John Denver, the song, the fish. And it was it was really special because it showed me how emotional these creatures are, how deeply they can connect with you and how joyful friendships with them can be. You know, it's a a lot of people would rather connect with a dog or a cat and I get it. They're furry. They're cute. I have them too, but (laughs) fish are, fish are a little bit different. You know, they're on the other side of the glass. They're in a tank. They don't make the same faces that, you know, a dog might, or, you know, make the same, noises that your cat uses to communicate with you but they're still living breathing beings with deep emotional and mental connections to the people that they bond with i'm a little concerned with what you just said because you said that uh, i think you said musicals universal language i've heard that before and that the animals will respond mm-hmm. to it i know that when i would play my guitar and sing my dog barks at me ferociously so i think that might be some kind of commentary <laughs> on the quality of guitar and singing that i offer <laughs> so i have to be <laughs> careful um, oh no <laughs> i'm just kidding i'm just kidding although that's great although that's i great. have had dogs that bark at me when i try to play and it's always it's just confidence killer i tell you um oh no i'm sure he's saying encore, encore. is that what it is yeah okay all right well, bet that's what it is we'll go with that uh one of the things i was reading too about uh you know you personally is that uh in, in this uh, bio that you have here, it says you uh, spend some of your time mermaiding in natural rivers and streams. What does that mean? What, do you, what is mermaiding in natural rivers and streams? I am so glad you asked because it is one of the most fun things you can do ever. So it's where you can buy a mermaid tail. They have all different kinds. They have silicone, partial silicone, cloth, whatever. And you put it on and you basically look like a mermaid or mermaid. And then you go swimming with it. And it is so much fun. It's just incredible how 
smoothly you can move through the water, how connected you feel to mermaids in the mermaid realm. It's a whole sport separate from anything spiritual. So you can go um, online and look up Finfolk Productions. You can just look up people mermaiding and you can watch people swim around in these mermaid tails. I challenge you to go watch that and not want to buy a mermaid tail. It's just, it's it's unlike anything else. It's my It's one of my favorite things to do. Okay, so I have to look this up while we're talking. Finfolk Productions. <laughs> no, seriously, is, is that... Um... Scotty Roberts' daughters? I'm actually not sure. Do they make there's tales? A, there's a bunch of... Yes, they make tales. There's a Are bunch they in North Carolina, ones. maybe? I can't remember where they're based. They have so many different bases. I know that there's one in Canada. I think that's where they're based. Hopefully, I'm not confusing them with someone no, else. No, you're probably right. I, I don't remember the name. Um, my good friend and, and uh, a colleague, uh, uh, Scotty Roberts, his two daughters have become very, very successful making mermaid tales. And oh, okay. uh, I like very, very, I thought it was Finful production, but it could be something else. I don't, I don't know. I just, you, you could be right. <laughs> I, I may have the tailors mixed up a little bit, but Finfolk Productions, Marrow Fins, uh, there's the Mer Tailor, which is Eric Descharmes. He makes lovely, very affordable tales if you're on a budget. There's so many. I've actually got them listed on my website under resources as well, if you want to check that out. But yeah, there's so many options out did there. Did you say it's it's on your website? Yes, it's on my website under resources. Your, um, it's under the label. Give us your website. Go ahead. Give, no, give us your website. Yeah, it's absolutely. It's called the Sedona Mermaid.com. Okay, so the Sedona Mermaid.com. All right, perfect. I know that I did a search for a website for you, and I got a very different L the Mermaid site. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah. She's, I think I know who you're talking about. She was actually in a tail mermaiding and stuff like that. She looked right? like she was like I an think... actress that does mermaid stuff, almost like a stunt person doing these, you know, mermaid scenes or something. I don't, I don't know. That's what I got. Um, yeah. Yeah. My website is brand new. Um, it is complete in the sense that it's up and running, but I have so much I still need to add to it. So it's probably why you didn't find it. I also need to do my SEO, you know, search engine right, optimizing right. work and things like that. So, but it is up and running so you can go to it and check it out. I've got my story there. I've got poetry. I've got a blog I need to expand. I've got resources, everything that, you know, you could use to kind of jump start. I've got book recommendations, so, all of it. So, when did you decide to write a write a book about all this? That is funny because it was super spontaneous and I actually at first never intended this to be a book. So many people, I used to have a very active Tumblr. I have a quieter one now. I got rid of the old one a couple of years ago, but they were asking the same questions over and over about mermaids and like, what does this mean? Uh, do mermaids have tails? You know, just all sorts of stuff all over the place, even getting into the deeper concepts like astral immortality. So I was like, you know what? I need to write a PDF about this and post it somewhere. So I sat down and in a night, I wrote 75% of the book. Oh, wow. Like, I started, <laughs> I start, I, I'm obsessive. I started around 5 p.m., finished around about 7 a.m. So I guess it's like half of a day, but it felt like all night to me. And um, I got 75% of it done, added more later, but I just like info dumped and, you know, just really got it out there, all the things that I would want people to know about mermaids. And then I ended up um, sharing it with a couple of people in my inner circle. One of them happened to be my publisher now, and he, was just like no this should be a book you know people need to see this if you if this is just posted as a pdf or something you know you're not really going to get a lot of visibility or marketing capabilities like you will if you can put it out there so it kind of fell into my lap really i wasn't expecting that but i'm so grateful that things unfolded the way that they did it was very spontaneous though 
Now, earlier in the discussion, you mentioned a connection to ET or UFO um, ufology. So explain that connection and your experience with it. Yeah, so um, I'm really into what they would call starseed studies. You know, I'm into um, all the extraterrestrial extraterrestrial races like Pleiadians, Syrians, you know, you know, the popular ones. Um, But I, so many people, even though they might have auras that are elemental, we've also incarnated on other planets and almost everyone on planet earth is a starseed because all that means is that we are not only humans in parallel lives and past lives. We've connected in other places in a variety of ways that are just innumerable, really. Um, So that's what that means. But starseed is a word for people who are just more aware of that. And I am aware that I incarnated in a derivative of the Pleiadian race, kind of an offshoot of the race. That's a very popular race. You can look it up and read about them. They're very high vibrational, loving and beautiful. And um, so I also contact ETs. I was aware of that from a pretty early age as well. I think starseed stuff is more accessible. So I learned about that more quickly than I did connecting even to the mermaid community. Um, but I live in Sedona and it is one of the biggest hotspots for ETs and um, UFO activity and things like that. So I'm privy to a lot of contact in that way. And based on what certain channels have said, I can't say 100%, but based on what they've said, Sedona is supposed to be one of the first places that does experience open contact. So that's pretty cool and exciting if, if it's accurate. You know, I hope that it is. But there's UFOs all over the night sky, all sorts of cool stuff here. I have to I have to just correct one thing that I had said earlier or implied. I didn't really say it is that I do, uh, didn't find your website. I did find it. I just remember how I found it. Um, I did find it though. So it is, it is searchable, I guess was the point. Um, okay, good. What do you think then, you know, based on what you just said, there's been a lot of talk and this is a bit of a tangent, but there's been a lot of talk recently about the UFO phenomena and, and the federal government releasing or not releasing information. Um, but the, but the truth is for those of us who pay attention, there are more and more phenomena going on in our night skies, or not even night skies, day skies as well, that mm-hmm. uh, you know most people believe is, is legitimate uh, alien activity, alien craft acti- activity of some kind. What are your thoughts on that? My thoughts are, I mean, UFO just means unidentified flying objects. So not everything we see, of course, is going to be extraterrestrial in origin. And quite frankly, I've just got to be humble and honest. I don't even know all of the technology that's out there. You know, some of it is so suppressed and hidden. How can I know much about it unless I go intuitively and just kind of do some guesswork? But the things I've experienced with UFOs are so non-human that it's just, it's like, well, how did a human teleport? They were there in the sky one second, blinked out, the next second they're right there you know how did they how did they do that it's pretty crazy so i do think a lot of it is extraterrestrial in origin and we can make contact with these beings through meditation and stuff like that there's this whole this is also another offshoot here but there's a whole um sub community for hybrid children which are like yeah. a type of star seed you, mm-hmm. you've probably heard about them yep. you know they're supposed to contact earth so that's pretty big in sedona too but yeah i think that you know extraterrestrials are all over the place i don't always know you know what's hovering above me or if it is truly an et but i think there's a good chance that it is a lot of the time especially here in sedona because it's just it some of this activity i'm just like i can't justify that in human terms you know it's got to be something more when we talk about the mermaid and i'll call it a lifestyle i'm not sure how you would describe it but let's just use that word for now uh 
how would somebody recognize that it's something that might be appropriate or appeal to them? I mean, you you had uh, mermaids come to you at, at, when you were a child. Not everybody has that experience, but I imagine there are people that haven't had that experience that might find some real uh, um, solidarity or, or connection to this lifestyle and this realm that you're talking about. How would somebody determine that on their own? Um, I mean, if you feel drawn toward mermaids in general, that's a pretty good indicator to at least investigate it. You know, are you just interested maybe in the aesthetic or do you want to get to really know them? So you can kind of riddle that out and see what's right for you. But so much more than that. I mean, do you, you could want to connect with an unconditionally loving vibration. You could want to feel fully alive, which many humans don't know what that feels like, not because they're not capable of it, but because life just starts to get to them. Um, do you want to feel fully alive? Do you want to feel connected to all the water on earth? Do you want psychic messages to come to you, you know, through this medium of astral water? Do you want in almost, I almost called it an online community, but do you want like a psychic community, like friends in the astral to be around you? And it doesn't just have to be mermaids, but I think the mermaids are a pretty good one to start with. They're so kind and receptive it's not like pushing an agenda onto you it's just they're they'll meet you where you're at i'll put it that way so i think if you just feel drawn to them attracted to them interested in magical systems interested in philosophy it's a great thing to look into and what would be i was going to say first step but i already know what the first step is is to buy your book and read it what would be the second (laughs) step for them you know in this journey yeah, um, if they wanted to do that, of course, they can buy my book. That's wonderful. Um, if they're interested in truly connecting with mermaids in a spiritual sense, I would say that you could just openly start meditating with them. And I use Franz Bardone's System of Magic, which you can look up his books, Initiation into Hermetics, The Practice of Magical Evocation. I've got all these listed on my website. I know I'm just rattling off the names, but he's not just teaching you how to interact with mermaids. He starts with the basics of how to prepare yourself physically, mentally, spiritually to meditate with any sort of being, how to be discerning, and how to stay safe in your physical body while you're doing so. So I would say those are really good things to look into. Just look into good ways to meditate. Um, You could even take an academic approach. There's so many different approaches to this. My favorite approach to connecting with the mermaid realm, though, is through art and through poetry because it's truly, it speaks to my heart. It speaks to everyone else's heart, and it's beautiful. So I find that incredibly attractive if you want to start with something, you know, a little bit more gentle than just like, oh, I'm going to meditate, you know, for an hour a day. Just start off small, you know, start with a gentle fire. Go ahead. Go ahead. Okay, I was just going to say you can just start off with a gentle five-minute meditation on the water realm or something like that. And um, my friend William Mistily, he posts mermaid meditations on his website as well. He has books out. He wrote the foreword for my book, so you can look up his stuff through that medium. You mentioned the word safe in your answer there. And I also noted in some of the uh, notes on the book that uh, you talk about protection techniques to use when making contact with spiritual beings. The use of the word protection there and the use of your word safe in your answer makes me think that there's a possibility that something could go wrong or you could be endangering yourself in some way. You're going to need to explain that a little bit. 
Yeah, for sure. So um, like I mentioned earlier, just briefly, of course, you could dive into something too quickly and become enamored. You know, that does happen. It's not as common as you would think, but it does happen. But I've heard so many stories of people who started meditating and they would just like really dive into the deep end with mermaids. They would meditate for hours and hours and hours on their astral realm. And I've heard of them experiencing heart attacks or they get so cold and like, they go unconscious, you know, oh, they're, they're laying on their back meditating. So they go unconscious and someone has to kind of bring them back into their body and reground them because the mermaid realm can be very ungrounding. It's, it's a very high vibration. It's not like the density of earth that we're used to. Um, so it can, it can definitely take a toll, which you wouldn't think, you know, you're meditating. That's your, that's your mind and your spirit, but it does all have an effect on your physical body. And Franz Bardone talks about that in his books as well. He talks about, um, how, for example, the water element is associated with the abdomen. The color would be blue green if you're tuning into it, but that can affect you, you know, in your human life. So you have to be careful and make sure like, like, don't just dive into it, dip your toe in slowly and get used to how the mermaid realm feels to you. And that's why in my book, I actually introduce people to something called the mermaid playroom. I called it that for fun because I want it to be inviting and feel safe because it is. It's like the outer core of the mermaid realm, or I shouldn't say core. It's like the outer ring of the mermaid realm that you can go to and just see, you know, does this feel right? Do I feel nauseated? Do I feel like I'm in my body still? Am I too cold? How does this feel? And you can leave whenever you want. It's not like super far in where you go into deep meditation or hypnosis or something like that. It's just... You get to go explore, walk on the beach, and see what it feels like. I hate to be uh, somewhat morbid here, um, but I feel it's important to ask the question. But um, when you pass on, what happens to your being? Do you go to the astral the plane, the, the mermaid astral plane that we've been talking about? Is that where you would go? I can, definitely. Um, it's hard for me to say because I'm a little bit weird in that I also have that starseed element, which not all incarnated mermaids are really connected to that. So I guess you could say I kind of have a choice. Like, do I want to keep, you know, furthering the consciousness of Earth? Do I want to be more involved with, like, any extraterrestrial programs that are continuing on, you know, for thousands of years in the future, possibly? Or do I just kind of want to go hang out in the mermaid realm for a while? So since I'm so accustomed to both vibrations, I think I could just sort of pick what works for me. But I mean, if you pass on and really what you discern is best for you spiritually is to talk to a mermaid before you incarnate again or something, they'll come to you too. It's not like you don't have access to their realm or, you know, you can't get in. They'll, they'll come and speak to you as long as you're in a space of love and balance. So, Elle, you've been a fabulous guest and you've been an excellent spokesman for your book. Uh, and you've been very clear in your explanations, which is very, very helpful. But the book is called How to Become a Mermaid, Embodying the Elemental Energy of Water. Where can people find it? Um, they can find it on my website if they want to go to that venue, the SedonaMermaid.com. They can find it on Amazon, Barnes & Noble. My publisher is called Inner Traditions, so you can find it through their website. Um, basically, just type it into Google and it should pop up. And what's next? You said you had a book of poetry. Is that your next, uh, what you hope to be published next? Or do you have something else in, more, in the works? I do hope so. I want to publish a more detailed book on mermaids. This one was a small introduction. It's bite-sized and it was supposed to be that way. It was kind of a channeled love letter from the mermaids. They want it to be, you know, not too overwhelming, but I would love to post something 
or publish something much more expansive in the future, more in depth. Um, but yes, I do want to publish the poetry book. Poetry can be challenging to publish and my poetry is not Insta poetry. So it's not what's super hot right now. Um, so we'll see how that goes. I may just end up submitting it to journals and magazines, which is totally fine, but it'd be cool to see if I can get it out there first. All right. We're using a language I don't understand. I don't know what Insta poetry is. I don't know what that, that yeah, okay. is. I, I'm sure Insta the audience does. Like, I just don't. <laughs> so. It's like short bite-sized poetry. Just, it's not like a long poem like you would normally think of. It's, it's something a lot more simple and concise that you, it's like, it's, it's based off of Instagram. Um, something oh, that you can post. Uh, oh, in a, okay. In a, All right, now it makes sense. Yeah. Sorry. Now the Insta <laughs> I, I thing makes sense. Word. Yeah. Now it makes sense. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, anyway, thank you so much for being here and being such a great guest. And I hope you'll come back at some point. I'd love to talk about this some more. We, we ran out of time very quickly. Absolutely, that went by so quickly. I would love to be back on your show. You were a beautiful host. Thank you so much. This was a true honor, and I had such a good time. Well, thank you again, and we will have you back on. So, um, good luck with the book, and we'll see you next time. Thank you so much. You take care. All right. So again, the book is called How to Become a Mermaid, Embodying the Elemental Energy of Water. And uh, the website, I wrote it down here. going to make sure I get it right. It's thesedonamermaid.com, I believe. I think that's what I wrote down. Um, let me just double check. I want to make sure I give it to you. Yeah, thesedonamermaid.com, so you can find more information about Elle's work and um, and her book and the other things she's involved in. So, terrific guest. That was a lot of fun. I really And it went by so quickly, which um, good guests always do. Beyond Reality Paranormal is hosted by J.V. Johnson and produced by Orion Palmer and Slick Eddie Edwards. Like us on Facebook and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Please consider supporting the program either through your podcast platform, click on the link in the description, or on Patreon at Joha Productions. If you'd like to be a guest on Beyond Reality Paranormal or you have a recommendation for a guest, contact our producer, Slick Eddie Edwards. Eddie is spelled with a Y at slickeddieedwards at gmail.com.